Hi, this is Daniel Williams with the PTSD Academy podcast. I'm your shrinking psychiatrist for the day. This is episode number 38. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety from PTSD. With this underlying theory that you accumulate subconscious knowledge of your whole life experience, then every time, say, a car door slams or a car backfires or there's a near miss on the highway, each time seems to get worse and build up and up and up unless you've learned how to release it and really started to try to think differently than yourself, differently than your life experience has led you to act and believe. you got to change because trauma happened to you. And a lot of people think that sucks until you have a panic attack. And when you have a panic attack, a real one, you're willing to do whatever you got to do to deal with your stuff, right? Because that feels like you're dying. And clearly, anxiety is a sign that you don't want to die. <clears throat> All right? So here we go. Many people don't realize that what they are experiencing is anxiety. It's often relabeled as excitement. That can be healthy and useful. Or panic. You can label it as fear-based and unhelpful. I remember um, the, um, I forget her name now, but the young female gymnast that asked during the Olympics if she feels nervous and she says, I don't feel nervous. I feel excited. And so I did acting in high school and won a few awards. And now I try to learn how to be real, <laughs> the irony. But I remembered that as an actor, I had to learn my lines, know what I was going to say, practice it, and just take the very first step forward. When you introduce trauma, to that normal thing that happens to all of us as we learn life, you wind up accumulating a perspective that everything is a threat. Okay? And so you're, you can have body reactions. And I think you know, the way I explain it to my patients is it comes from two different places. It's either top down from your mind. So I could sit and think about the future or the past and relive an experience over and over mentally. Um, I don't mean intrusive. Lee, like, I mean, on purpose, I could sit there and do it on purpose, right? And if it's happening intrusively and you're having flashbacks, then clearly it, your subconscious is bringing it to your conscious repeatedly because there is some unfinished business. There's energy to be released. There's something to process. And it can be physically, mental, spiritual, or emotional, or all of the above. Can it be even sexual? And so I'm not afraid to talk about sex on this channel. We'll keep it clean. There's no trauma stories and there's no real graphic detail in my sex therapy class online. But we got to be honest about who we are if we're going to understand the nature of the injury. So comedies still joke about boys being molested. It's still out there, Adam Sandler. You know, grown-ups too. It's still out there where they think that's funny. It's the new Rome, folks, where we pay to watch the entertainment of the trauma and the suffering of others. Only it's on a grand scale because it's on the Internet. You don't have to make it to the Coliseum, folks. That's how it is. We've sort of been set up with trauma. So when you realize these things can really hurt you and you're going down the road at 60 miles an hour, your body can take over if you're thinking about it. The other way it can happen is from the bottom up. You can be having a great day. Beautiful weather, having a picnic in a totally safe place, no mental concern whatsoever, having a wonderful time with your grandkids or whatever, right? That could happen to you. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, seemingly, you can have a feeling happen to you. 
and uh, it's hard to know where they all originate. There's many million theories out there, but if it's not coming from your mind, it's coming from your unconscious. And it used to be thought that the subconscious mind was sort of dumb, you know, but it turns out it's more of a superconscious, just smarter than our consciousness. We only know the tip of the iceberg, but your body energy remembers everything that's happened to you and subject to disturbances, including electromagnetic waves from devices, uh, weaponry, injectable nanoviruses with nanotails that target specific areas of the brain and body that could then be attached to electromagnetic devices to control behavior, most likely shut you down and paralyze you. Because it's not like uh, human technology's really upgraded human biology at all. We're usually fumbling around, screwing it up more than anything, worried about selling pharmaceuticals more and making a whole bunch of money for big pharma and lobbyists and, uh, and the corruption swamp, right? That's what's happened. Meanwhile, the hope is there is real hope for anxiety. You do not have to live with panic attacks your whole life. Just because these terrible things have happened doesn't mean you can't learn how to, in a relatively short period of time, learn some basic principles, find an approach to reducing your anxiety that you would actually be comfortable with and that works even now. Even with the crazy stuff going on in the world, it still would work. You deserve Your body deserves for you to spend some time in a parasympathetic mode, the rest and digest, not always the fight or flight, high adrenaline, high octane kind of nervous system. I'll tell you, I get a lot of body tension and I get a lot of uh, insomnia from time to time thinking and processing about all this, how to bring a podcast community. I'm up all night with my teachable account and my social circle account for you in case you find uh, this kind of connection, what you or someone you know might need. I'm here for you, and I am losing sleep over it. Let me tell you what. More than a 90-minute deep tissue massage, what my body needs is rest. Good, slow-wave brain waves during those deep cycles of REM and non-REM and all that stuff as much as possible. Lately, the thing that has helped me the most in that reducing that body tension is CBN. You might have heard of CBD oil from hemp or cannabis plants. CBN with an N as in November, Charlie Bravo November. CBN is one of the 500 chemicals that's in a hemp plant. Uh, and it, it targets areas of the brain and helps you go to sleep. I don't know all of the science behind it, but when I take that step, I'm practically drooling. Guaranteed to get a minimum of at least five or six. And what I'm talking about more importantly than just hours of sleep is I can tell my body goes through slow wave. It just happened last night. That's why I didn't plan to mention this in the podcast. But my shoulder that was hurting me yesterday feels loose like I got a massage. And all I did was take some CBN the second night in a row and gave myself permission to worry about uh, Armageddon tomorrow. Been praying a lot more too. And I encourage the spiritual growth. So, so you see a reproach to an anxiety and panic involves physical, mental, spiritual, emotion. You've got to be trying to grow each of these areas, and you can define them for yourself. But each day wake up and decide, what am I going to do for my physical today, my mental, my spiritual, and my emotional? You know, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And so many people just don't have a purpose, and that's an ancient problem. And when you don't have a purpose, your body shuts down and you die younger. 
So why would you want to be in a body that's shutting down, dying younger? Even if you don't live very long, that would feel like shit. <laughs> I love podcasting. Anyway, I've got a little bit more to read for you here on these anxieties because they don't all come from mental health. It's easy to assume that a feeling of tension or tightness, shortness of breath in the chest is anxiety, but it can be other things. Uh, one of the most rare, it's always on medical school tests, is a pheochromosotoma, which is a rare pituitary, uh, rather adrenal tumor, where it releases bursts of adrenaline literally into the bloodstream like a shot of adrenaline. That happens to people. and Literally, their blood pressure, heart rate, and everything about their pupils, their body just gets that jolt of that drug, and it's measurable from the outside. Heart arrhythmias can do it too, like palpitations. Asthma attacks can feel the same way. You get the idea. So the research definition of a panic attack requires the episode to start and reach its peak within seconds and to last only several minutes. So if you feel like, like most of my patients say, that they have panic attacks for hours or days, you have anxiety. And my patients do best with a holistic approach to deal with it, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. That's right. You can address this emotional problem of anxiety with any of the other categories. Let me insert one story here. The worst insomnia and terrible travel and I've ever had was coming back from Kuwait. There was 54 hours at the end of my hardship deployment because my wife was told she had cancer that I couldn't sleep. There was no place to lay down. 54 hours. And it was so brutal before I could finally lay down that during that period of time, I literally wrote this podcast episode and 12 others just like it and forgot that I even did it. I became delirious and didn't find them until a year later in my notes. <laughs> this podcast was written a year ago on a flight home from Kuwait, and I forgot about it because I went into a 54-hour insomnia bout. So I was so tired, so tired. I was physically exhausted. So I had a physical problem, and there was nothing I could do about it. So I was stuck in one area, and what's my saying? When you're stuck in one area, lean on any of the other three. I want to burn that in your brain. So I was stuck in physical so I could lean on my mental, spiritual, emotional. So mental, what did I do? I was listening to podcasts. I was talking to my wife. I wrote 13 podcast episodes in a row and then forgot about them. I burned my brain up on that plane ride, the three plane rides, trying to come home. <clears throat> okay? Uh, and spiritual or purpose-wise... Uh, I did a lot of praying. I was reading some spiritual literature. I was doing what I could uh, in terms of that. Um, there wasn't much I could do in terms of spiritual or energetic. I would try to meditate, but I was so tired. My body was falling apart and it made it real hard. The, the spiritual energetic side that I talk about with Reiki that gets wounded in trauma, it's it's made of biophotons. It's in, it's in a, um, a bio field. You can read books on the biofield. Um, that layer of injury is so directly connected to what we feel in our physical bodies that when you're that tired, it's very hard to sit and do meditation. When you can't sleep, because it would relax you further, and it's almost like relaxing onto the bed of nails worse. So it, nothing I could do. Nothing I could do physical and spiritual was was challenged as well. So that left one more category, and what I'm trying to tell you is on that trip home, 
when I had to get in that last plane, we were crowded in there and there were kids everywhere and I was claustrophobic, just about having a panic attack. And literally, I was injured for a couple of weeks on my hip because I was crammed into these plans and places. I, I was limping and sore in my whole right side of my hip. So I was freaking out that I couldn't have this window seat when we got on that last plane to fly across the ocean. And, um, the, and I tried my physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. The last thing that I ever, that I had at all that I could work with when I was forced to get into that seat and put my mask on and strap all that stuff on when I'm hurting and I know I can't make this international flight. I'm hurting. <clears throat> and other, and people went down on that flight. I wasn't the only one. I didn't go down. <laughs> okay. You're talking to the guy that didn't go down, but he was the one that did was right behind me a few rows. Um, all I had to work with was the emotional category. And it's not like I'm going to sit and cry, but Brene Brown, here she is again, the queen of uh, emotional authenticity, was all I had to work with. I had people all around me. And some were excited that it was a holiday. They were getting on a plane. Most were tired and most not looking forward to this flight that was overcrowded. It just seemed like turns out it wasn't. I did find a place to get a brief little nap. <clears throat> and... uh I had emotional authenticity. So I, let me tell you what, I would rather move to the woods and be far from <laughs> civilization uh, most of the time. I'm content to do that. I'm content to not podcast, but I love helping people, mentoring people and creating opportunity and letting you take care of your life and hearing that feedback and watching what's going to happen with the PTSD Academy. It's going to be even cooler what I did before in my medical mastermind community where I mentor people into medicine that couldn't get in, re-applicants over and over. I would work with them and work out a program. That's another long story. So what did I do? I climbed into that plane. I sat down there, and there was only one thing this guy could do in that seat, and that was to authentically connect with the people around me right there in that moment. I would normally not say anything to someone in a plane, but think now, maybe I know why people are chatty on planes sometimes. They have anxiety and they're strapped in a chair. There's nothing physically else they can do. Uh, they might have a sense of purpose. That's why they're on the plane. But their faith ain't working and their mouth is moving. That was me. But do you know it worked? I wound up chatting for about 10 minutes with the guy behind me. And he told an interesting story of having about 50 deployments. I'd never heard of it before. I was, and I, I didn't have my podcast like ready. I'm coming out of a deployment myself. I wasn't ready as I am today with the technology side for scalable growth to give you video courses and mentorship. I don't care if it's a hundred people signed up or 10,000. I'm ready now. And I wasn't a year ago, but. This guy's story was he was in the military with about 12 deployments, and then he was a contractor with like 20-something. I don't remember how many he had, but it was 40 or 50 deployments. And um, and I sat there with my one small short one, feeling tired, flying home like a small little pea, a small little pea-sized grain of sand on an ocean shore. Like, oh, my gosh, this guy has been through so much more. Every time I think I'm hurting, I need an attitude adjustment and gratitude. You know, I got sober in a 12-step program when I was 19 years old, and I have 30 years off of alcohol today, and <clears throat> 30 years in a few months. And uh, 
And so I had to learn some lessons the hard way, and I certainly absorb what those old, crusty, rude, old-timers would say from time to time. So that's kind of how I grew up, was 12-step fellowship, old-timer sayings, and um, and then at the age of 21, the basic training in the Army. And then I lived four years in Germany overseas. So my 20s involved a few cuts, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. That was hard for me because I was self-centered and lazy <laughs> to start of all that. Self-centered and lazy. Got fired for showing up to work late too many times before I joined the Army. And now I want to work for myself. And you guys keep me up at night thinking about you, and I love it. And I want to work more. I want to create more podcasts. So there you go. Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. That's my story of coming home from my deployment. I wish I could have told you that last year, but we still had people downrange that were on my team and I couldn't say anything. So everybody's home. It's over. And so I can tell you that. And uh, Godspeed and blessings. Uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. You know how it is out there. People like me are being shut down right and left. So I need you to support me in all my channels. I just signed up for about 15 different social media subscription feeds out there so you can find me in spotify and stitcher uh pandora you know what i mean i have a deep list i'm going to make that possible for you to easily find on the website in case i disappear i'm going to be podcasting uh every week and if you see that i'm not podcasting anymore then you know i've been banned okay yeah i've been banned if you haven't heard from me in a week that's my commitment to you so i'm going to load this bad boy up with podcasts to show you that i'm here alive and well ready to jump on a conference call with you and help you and your family out today. Take care.